which we walked in. So tonight, through this chapter, we'll see examples of moral integrity. We'll see examples of vulnerability in humble submission, mutual respect, virtue, protection, and honor. And now at this point, the the barley and wheat harvests are over, and Ruth has spent some time working for Boaz alongside the other women who were under his employ in the fields, uh, alongside the men as well, as they remember, uh, remember uh, you know, that, that Boaz had instructed them and commanded them um, to provide for Ruth. If, when she was thirsty, she was to be given water, and uh, she was to be protected and, and uh, taken care of. So she had worked with them, alongside them, and uh, this was all under the eye and the protection of Boaz uh, overall. And now Naomi gives Ruth some advice regarding Boaz, considering he is their relative, he is a kinsman redeemer. And I pray that through this evening's study, we will see the beautiful display of godly qualities that bring glory to God in order uh, to give order, I guess you could say, and to lead us to that place of having order within humanity. You know, I, I, I think about the, the rules and um, the, um, the things that, that are laid out for our own benefit and how it is that only those who, are, uh, who acknowledge that and, and regard those laws and those rules, um, are, are they the ones that benefit from them? You know, for us as law-abiding citizens, we benefit from the laws that we have. And so it is when God sets order in his house and when God sets order in our lives and in our marriages and in our relationships with each other, it's only when we observe those things that, they, that we benefit from them and we bless the Lord through them. And so we see this exchange between Boaz and Ruth, how it is that these two uh, people um, share these godly qualities that bring glory to God, a godly woman and a godly man, their lives being intertwined by God in a pure and moral manner. Our Redeemer is Jesus Christ, and we display moral integrity, vulnerability, in humble submission. We demonstrate reverence and respect, trust and honor in response to the one who righted our wrong and restored our position with the Father by grace through faith in Him, and by His shed blood, knowing forgiveness of our sins and justification. If you were just to go back in what I just said, you, you, would, you would know the fullness of the grace that God has demonstrated to us through his son, Jesus Christ. And so uh, we have that picture before us. Be encouraged and built up, I pray, by instruction in God's word. Heavenly Father, we commit this evening into your hands. We ask your blessing upon this time of sitting at your feet and gleaning from you that which you bring to our, uh, well, to our understanding. And I pray that it's by your spirit that you do so, that you instruct us and that you help us to apply it to our lives, to your glory. And so we pray that you would um, guide and direct, Lord, that your spirit, Lord, would move as he wills right now in this place. And that you would help us to focus on the words that you have for us. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. So Ruth chapter 3 verse 1 says, Then Naomi, her mother-in-law... Then Naomi, her mother-in-law, said to her, My daughter, should I not seek rest for you, that it may be well with you? 
And just that one verse, just the introduction to this chapter itself, as we continue from the last chapter, how it is that the wheat and barley harvest has come to an end. We now see how it is that Naomi, Ruth's mother-in-law, desires this for Ruth, her daughter-in-law. This is the second time that we now see the use of this word rest uh, within the context of a marriage. Um, Naomi is telling Ruth that she desires that she find rest. I know uh, there are other uh, translations of the Bible that say security, but a more accurate translation would be rest, just as we found in the first chapter and in the ninth verse. And Naomi basically wants her to find a suitable husband, and she has, as we'll learn, Boaz in mind. It's the same word that was used back in Ruth 1.9, which says, The Lord grant that you may find rest, each of you, in the house of her husband. And of course, she was speaking to her two daughters-in-law, and Ruth ended up staying with her, and the other one went back to Moab. Again, we have a biblical principle that says we ought to know rest in our homes and within our marriages. Not strife, not contention, not fear, not bitterness or critical spirits or jealousy or competition or mistrust or manipulation. And of course, the the list can go on and on and on. Ephesians 5.33 says, However, let each one of you love his wife as himself, and let the wife see that she respects her husband. So men, be respectable in your conduct. Ladies, be lovely in your conduct. You cannot have rest in your own marriages and home if you neglect to control your actions and align them with what God expects of you within your marriage. Oftentimes, um, you know, trouble comes when we expect more of our spouses than we are expressing in what God expects of us. You know, we need to take responsibility for our own actions. And we'll never, listen to this, we will never be justified in our marriages in the reactions that we take that are contrary to God's because our spouse is treating us or not treating us in one way or another. We will never be justified. Your spouse, by the way, is not going to be facing God with you. Each one of us will be before the Lord, and we will have to answer for what we've said and what we've done and what we've thought. And so we should take heed to our own lives and within our marriages, and we should align our lives with the will of God. And so we ought to know it. First Peter chapter three, verses one and two says, likewise, wives be subject to your own husbands, so that even if some do not obey the word, they may be won without a word by the conduct of their wives. When they see your respectful and pure conduct. First Peter three, seven, likewise, husbands live with your wives in an understanding way, showing honor to the woman as the weaker vessel since they are heirs with you of the grace of life, so that your prayers may not be hindered. A peaceful and restful marriage is a marriage that is powerful in many ways. This is what sometimes we, we just fail to understand and apply, that a peaceful and restful marriage is such a powerhouse. Sometimes we think, oh, it's, it's a couple that's in business for themselves and are flipping houses or are doing this or doing... No, that, that hardly... No, 
a marriage that reflects the will of God and is mutually respectful and loving and sacrificing toward each other is much more powerful than anything that this world would define as being powerful. That's a power couple. And I'm talking about biblical or spiritual rest. I'm talking about spiritual peace. And that is being right with the Lord. You can't, you can't put a price on that. You have no idea how powerful that picture is before a wicked and perverse world around us. You have no idea the power that that marriage, that relationship has with your children. You have no idea. To encourage others. And to bring glory to the Lord. And that is what Naomi's desire was for Ruth. That she would find rest for her daughter-in-law. She wanted that type of relationship. I'm sure that that's what Ruth desired for herself. And if perhaps the courting or the dating is done correctly, then the results will be favorable and honoring to God. Speaking of that, there is no evidence, uh, as we see here, that Ruth dated or courted. All of their interactions were in context of being around uh, groups. And what was that group? The only time that Boaz really saw Ruth was when she was working. It was just along with the other workers, along with the other women, along with the men that were there. So she was among those workers. And that's how Ruth also knew Boaz, the interaction that he had with others. I think it would do us good. I know in today's culture we have dating. You know, you go out on dates, just you and that other person, and you go have ice cream, you go, go have dinner, and, you know, uh, men, you only eat like salad with a little bit of chicken, and you want to impress the girl, and girls, you don't eat anything at all, but, you know, it, it's just, it's all about impressing the other person, right? But when you see the other person day in and day out in groups, and that's why I encourage uh, Young men, women, go out in groups. Go see how that future potential spouse, how he or she interacts with other people. How is it that they are in, in, their, in their work environment, in their, in their social environment? How are they at church? Right? Because, after all, we're supposed to be equally yoked. Is that true? That's true according to the Word of God. So if they say they're Christians, right, you've got to be careful with that. That's, uh, that can be uh, referred to in different ways. Um, you test them out. Test them out. Ladies, you especially, test them out. Guys will say they're Christians and uh, tell you whatever it is that you want to hear. Test them out. See how they are in church, socially, work, wherever it is. You've got to see them there. Here with Naomi, I mean with Ruth and Boaz, they saw them, each other in that time, throughout that time, uh, basically a gleaning, um, harvesting, and, uh, and working out in the field. There is quite a bit that one could learn by observing how the person they're interested in responds in various situations, not just when they're on their best behavior on a quote-unquote date. So... 
This is what, what I described earlier was exactly what Naomi desired for Ruth. So verse 2 says, Is not Boaz our relative with whose young women you were? See, he is winnowing barley tonight at the threshing floor. Wash therefore and anoint yourself and put on your cloak and go down to the threshing floor. But do not make yourself known to the man until he has finished eating and drinking. But when he lies down, observe the place where he lies. Then go and uncover his feet and lie down, and he will tell you what to do. And she replied, All that you say, I will do. If we were to think in terms of what this would look like today, then we could say that Naomi's asking Ruth to throw herself at Boaz. But we cannot. See it in that light, in the light of today's culture. And we need to understand that Naomi was not asking for Ruth to throw herself at Boaz in an indecent way, enticing him with anything inappropriate, if possible, and sensual and in nature or intent. It was not that at all. And Naomi states, the known. She states the obvious. Ruth already knows that Boaz was, was their relative, Elimelech's um, relative. He's the, as they knew, a kinsman redeemer. And she said, he's one of our redeemers. Naomi tells Ruth that Boaz will be winnowing barley this evening. And then gives her instructions on how to go and approach him in order to ask if he would be willing to be her husband. And that's what this means. This is what... Naomi was telling Ruth to do, to go and meet with Boaz. And by doing that, by, by uncovering his feet and, and laying at his feet, going, going to him in that manner, what this means is that she was going to ask him if he would be willing to marry her. But we'll explain that a little bit more as we continue. You see, Boaz was the kinsman redeemer, or the Goel. He is responsible for carrying on the name of the deceased by marrying the widow and having children in his name, a son that would carry on his name. In that very law, this is, this is what God had set forth for the Israelites. And it's evidence of how much God values the family and its preservation. God values the family unit, marriage, he always has, always will, does now. And that's why if the enemy comes and he comes against the marriage, first of all, if he can, if he can impact the kids in the, in the family itself, then there's, there's some victory there. But if he can impact the marriage itself, then he can bring great destruction upon the whole family. And, and so just with this, just the fact that the Lord put it into his law, that this is the way it was to be done, is evidence of how much God values the family and its preservation. We should just be just as concerned and be diligent to preserve the family as he has laid out in his word. We should keep it. We should protect it. We should continue to nurture it and grow it in the Lord. Proverbs 22, once as a good name is to be chosen rather than great riches, and favor is better than silver or gold. A good name. We ought to be about making sure that, that our family has a good name. And that is a good name before the Lord. 
that we are upright before him, first and foremost. And with that, everything else would fall into place as far as having a good name before everyone else. And so Naomi tells Ruth how to approach Boaz. And this is what it would be. Hey, sweetheart. Go take a shower. Go do your hair. Put on some nice perfume. A nice outfit. Your nice coat that you have. In other words, get dolled up. And that's what she was telling her. Go make yourself ready. And then go present yourself to Boaz. But do not make yourself known to him until... Hey, listen, don't bother him at dinner. After dinner, after he has that time and he lays down, that's when you approach him. Uncover his feet and lie down. And he will tell you what to do. It's a gentle approach. It's one of honor and respect. That's what her mother-in-law is telling her to do, to, to come in a, in a gentle manner, in a respectful way, in a, in a humble way to this Redeemer of theirs. Ruth's presentation was not an attempt to manipulate Boaz, but to make herself presentable in honor and regard for the man. When a woman or a man has no regard for how they present themselves, it's a sign that they have no real regard, honor, or respect for the other person. There's a, there's a lack of consideration or desire to please the other. And ought, ought we not, as, as husband and wife, you know, we can become lazy. You know, we, hey, we, we've been with each other for some time, and we, we have nothing, no one to impress, do we? Sometimes that's the way we think. But it shouldn't be. There should be no lack of consideration or desire to please the other person. We, we, should, we should do just what we have before us. And it would do our marriages good. It would do our relationships well to do that very thing. I believe this is an area that could weaken with time in a marriage if spouses become lazy and uninterested in, uh, to, to impress the other. Regarding and honoring one another is... It can be lacking. We ought to be reminded of what it says in 1 Corinthians 7 that we belong one to the other. And we ought to be mindful of how we are to present ourselves one to the other. The one to the other that we belong to. In this case, before us, there's something beautiful happening here. Naomi's counsel is for Ruth to go make herself completely, and listen to this, Naomi's telling Ruth, go make yourself completely vulnerable to Boaz. To lie down at the feet of Boaz and cover herself with the blanket that he was covering himself with. To cover herself was to communicate to Boaz that that she is submitting herself to him completely. and, And is... Uh, willing to receive anything that he tells her at that moment. Complete, I'm completely submitting myself to you. I'm making myself vulnerable to you. What 
What if Boaz was an immoral man? He could have taken full advantage of that moment. He would have taken full advantage of Ruth. We have many immoral men walking around today who have no restraint and instead of protecting the woman who makes herself vulnerable to the man he makes, he takes full advantage and violates her purity. Well, Boaz was not this type of man. He was full of integrity. He honored Ruth. We also need to point out here that Ruth was not being told to go demand that Boaz act on his responsibility as kinsman redeemer. Go, Ruth. You know what? He has a responsibility. So, you know, insist on the fact that he is to act on that. But rather, she was given godly advice to approach him humbly, trusting that Boaz would do the right thing. And what this was telling Boaz is that Ruth trusted him, respected him, and was willing to put her life in his hands. This is just what Naomi was telling Ruth to do. it's It's a pretty trusting act. It's a, it's a step of faith that she was taking. How many men would love to have a wife that did this very thing? We all would, right? Men, make sure you protect, love, guide, and provide for your wife as a godly husband who is trustworthy to be the spiritual leader and loving husband that is consistently following and serving the Lord. Godly women who see that in their husbands will be more inclined to follow and trust and submit to the leading of their husbands that do this very thing. I know in conversations with my wife, you know, she tells me about that that very thing. She says, you know, if, if more men would just rise up to the occasion, if they would just be more godly, just given to the Lord, just serving Him, and, and they would be in their word, and they would be in prayer, and they would lead their wives in prayer, then their wives would be more inclined to just, to just follow. Why? Because they have nothing to fear. They know that He's receiving His guidance and His direction, and, and, and He's being led by the Lord. And so for the wife, that brings great security. And so the wives are more apt, more inclined to follow a man that is completely given to following the Lord. So Ruth's reply after giving this counsel to Naomi was, All that you say, I will do. And so verse 6, as we continue, says, So she went down to the threshing floor and did just as her mother-in-law had commanded her. And when Boaz had eaten and drunk and his heart was merry, he went to lie down at the end of the heap of grain. Then she came softly and uncovered his feet and lay down. At midnight, the man was startled and turned over. And behold, a woman lay at his feet. He said, Who are you? And she answered, I am Ruth, your servant. Spread your wings over your servant, for you are a redeemer. Stop there for a moment. We see here how it is that Ruth did just as Naomi had told her to do. Boaz laid down to sleep at the end of the heap of grain 
that he had winnowed. Why is it that he was staying there and why didn't he go home, right? I mean, hey, it's like sleeping at the office, right? Why, why is he sleeping at the office? Why is he there? Well, we need to keep in mind that this was during the time of the judges. And there were thieves that were robbing the threshing floors. And so he was protecting. He was guarding um, that which he had winnowed. The harvest was being guarded by Boaz himself. Ruth then softly went to where Boaz had laid down, uncovered his feet and laid down. And at midnight, Boaz was startled as he realized that someone was at his feet. And he realized that it was a woman. Wait, a woman? Why, what, what are you? Who is it? Who are you, right? Who are you is what he asked. It was dark and he couldn't make Ruth out. And Ruth identified who she was and communicated her submission to Boaz immediately and then made her request. Spread your wings over your servant, for you are a redeemer. And simply said, in today's terms, it would mean, take me as your wife, for I am a widow, and you are in line to be my husband according to the law. You are my kinsman redeemer. You know, also remember that, that Ruth was not a Jew. She was following God's law, and yet she wasn't a Jew. She was a Moabite. But remember that she had said, Your people shall be my people, and your God my God. And apparently she meant that by her actions. She had spoken it, she had declared it, but now she was demonstrated, demonstrating it by her actions. You see, we can say we have faith. We can say we're Christians. We can say, you know, we go to church. But without actions, consistent actions in our lives, we are talking out of both sides of our mouths. We are what people would say a hypocrite, living two lives. And yet Ruth completely gave herself what she committed to and what she declared is exactly what she was doing. She was one who is now completely given to the God of Naomi, to the God of Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob. Now at this point, Boaz could have and could have not accepted her. And that was the possibility, that was the potential that, was, that she was faced with. And even as a kinsman redeemer, he could reject her. Uh, another important thing to note here is that Ruth did this quietly, humbly, and did she do it publicly? No, she did it privately. She gave Boaz the opportunity to accept or reject in private. Another, yet another example of the integrity of Ruth. And we see the testing of Boaz's integrity at the same time in character through this situation. And so we see here, beginning in verse 10, Boaz's response. And he said, May you be blessed by the Lord, my daughter. You have made this last kindness greater than the first, in that you have not gone after young men, whether poor or rich. And now, my daughter, do not fear. I will do for you all that you ask. For all my fellow townsmen know that you are a worthy woman. And now it is true that I am a redeemer, yet there is a redeemer nearer than I. Remain tonight and in the morning. If he will redeem you, good, let him do it. But if he is not willing to redeem you, then 
As the Lord lives, I will redeem you. Lie down until the morning. Now, it's implied that Boaz was notably older than Ruth and definitely older than the men that were around. As he referred to her choosing him over the younger men, but she was not interested in the younger, but in a man of spiritual integrity and to act in a manner that would honor the Lord. Notice how Boaz agreed to follow through with the marrying her and stated how she was known by all. He knew he had, he had asked you know, how it is that she was. But he said, you're known as a worthy woman, a woman of integrity and good character, a woman of virtue and courage and strength. This is how you're known, Ruth. In other words, by saying this, by saying what he said, he, he, he felt honored. He felt honored that she would even consider him. You could have gone after the younger men, and you didn't. And you're, you're a worthy woman. You're a good woman, virtuous and honorable. And he was expressing that he felt honored that she would even ask him to consider such a thing. Since Boaz was a man of integrity, he pointed out that there was another man who was a closer relative than he was. And in the morning, Boaz would find out if he was willing to take her as his wife and fulfill the responsibility of a kinsman redeemer, a goel. But that if he didn't, then he would. And he promised to marry her. You see, Boaz again, again and again and again, demonstrates how he was a man of integrity. He was not willing to compromise the word of God. He even said that it would be good if this other relative followed through with what the law commands. He said, listen, he's a closer relative. And we need to give him a chance. And if he doesn't, if he does, you know, it's good. It's good that he does. He rejoiced in righteousness is what this expresses. Even if it meant it would be at his loss of this wonderful woman. Even at his loss. Of course, he felt honored. He, he expressed that by what he told Ruth. Yet here, here he was saying, I'm not willing to compromise. I want to follow God's word. And if I lose out because I did that which was right, then so be it. That's good. And he rejoiced in that. Boaz was uncompromising in the word of God and desired that the word be followed by others, just as he did. And that's why he, he was saying it was good. If he follows through with it, it means that he accepted full responsibility and he, and he followed through with his responsibility. And, it, and it, was, it was good. It was good. And so Boaz told Ruth to stay there the night, and in the morning he would look into it all. Verse 14. So... She lay at his feet until the morning, but arose before one could recognize another. And he said, let it not be known that the woman came to the threshing floor. And he said, bring the garment you are wearing and hold it out. So she held it and he measured out six measures of barley and put it on her. Then she went into the city. And when she came to her mother-in-law, she said, how did you fare, my daughter? 
And she told her all that the man had done for her, saying, These six measures of barley he gave to me, for he said to me, You must not go back empty-handed to your mother-in-law. She replied, Wait, my daughter, until you learn how the matter turns out, for the man will not rest, but will settle the matter today. So Ruth um, remained at Boaz's feet until the morning. But before the light of dawn... Boaz got her up, gave her some barley, and sent her home. Now, I don't, I don't know, perhaps ESV does not have um, six ephahs of barley. Um, I know some translations uh, translate that word measure as ephah. Well, if that were the case, then we would be looking at, I believe, over 20 gallons of barley. Which, I don't know, perhaps Ruth was, was built pretty good. But uh, that would be almost impossible for her to take back. So it's more accurately translated measures, which we don't know exactly what a measure is, but it was enough for her to have a measure placed into her garment and for her to wrap that up and take home to her mother-in-law. So we do know that by how it's described, how it is that six measures were put into her garment and she was able to take that home to her mother-in-law. Now, some of the things that we see here, and this is what I want to you know, just point out, how it is that you see the, the interaction between Boaz and Ruth. It's absolutely beautiful. It's one that is honoring toward one another, respectful. It's, it's regarding one another, but regarding God in the midst of it all. You see, Boaz protected Ruth's reputation and the knowledge that she had asked him prior to asking the other relative who was a closer redeemer than he was. So two things that, that he was protecting. Um, number one, of course, he was protecting her reputation. I don't want anyone to know that you're here with me at this time. So I want you to get up and I'm, I want to send you home. Number one. Number two, there is a closer relative that really you should have asked to follow through with this before me, and you didn't. And so therefore, we're going to protect that as well. We're going to send you home. We're going to take care of this matter tomorrow, right? At this point, it was tomorrow. It was early in the morning. And so Boaz got her up and sent her on her way, along with six measures of barley, uh, to Naomi. And Ruth came home to Naomi and told her all that had Taken place, and knowing that Boaz was a man of his word, knew that today they would know what the other man would choose to do, and who it was that she was going to be married, who who she was going to marry, and so they would know that day. Both Naomi and Ruth knew Boaz to be a man of his word, a man of integrity, a man of honor, and so if he said it was going to be done today, it was going to be done today. And so Naomi said, "Just just wait. Today we're going to find out exactly." what takes place and who it is that you're going to marry. And, of course, from what we see, we know who was the preferred, right? It was Boaz. And, uh, and so they waited. And they waited. And we'll, we'll, we'll find out next week who it is that she marries. And, you know, we know, right? We know who she does. But we'll continue next week. Now, there are... Many examples here of a beautiful relationship as we've gone through between a godly man and a godly woman who can mutually trust each other as they honor God. 
They can um, make themselves vulnerable to one another as they know the other will not take advantage. And that's what we ought to seek in our relationships and our marriages. You know, make ourselves vulnerable. Allow ourselves to be vulnerable with each other, knowing that the other person is not going to take advantage of the one. She can submit, honor, and respect as he loves, protects, and provides for her. We should also see how it is that we can humbly submit our lives to a trustworthy God with respect and honor and love as he has loved, continues to love, and will eternally. He protects, he provides because he is faithful and he covers us as his own by grace through faith in Christ Jesus, him being our Redeemer. It's, it's, it's this beautiful picture. As we give ourselves to the Lord, we submit to Him and we honor Him. We open ourselves to Him, completely trusting him, in Him. Without faith, it's impossible to please Him, is what the Word tells us, right? And, and so that faith, what it requires, it's, it's when we insist on our own will over God's, we're not expressing faith. When we remain in ourselves, full of ourselves, we're not laying at his feet. We're insisting on something. We're feeling entitled. We're not submitting ourselves completely to him. If we were completely vulnerable to the Lord, we would also be vulnerable to what other people can do to us. Did you know that? We would open ourselves our spouse, you know, in counseling people in marriage, to each one, my wife would say and has and will continue to say the same thing to the wife as I to the husband. It makes no difference what your spouse does. It matters what you do. Do you want to honor the Lord? Then open yourself completely to him. And be faithful to the Lord. Honor and glorify Him. And if the other spouse would do the same thing, oh, the marriage would be fruitful and it would be powerful. It would be an example of this very thing. A faith toward God that is uncompromising. And that relationship would flourish. I pray that we would give ourselves in such a way to the Lord that we would see those things within our relationships with each other, within the church, within our marriages, with our children, and with others around us, to bring glory to the Lord as we ourselves give our lives completely as living sacrifices to the one who is deserving of such honor, Jesus Christ. Father, we thank you. Lord, that you loved us so much that you sent your only begotten Son, and whosoever believes in him shall not perish, but have eternal life. Thank you, Lord, that you loved us the way you have. I pray, Lord, that we would learn to love. That we would learn to love you first and foremost. And with that love, we will learn how it is that we are to love each other in our marriages, with our friendships, 
within our church in all to your glory. And so, Father, thank you for what we have before us, the time that we spent in this chapter. Father, I pray that it would resonate in our hearts. We thank you, Lord, and we pray this all in Jesus' name. Amen.